You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning, Mission family. It's Pastor Jason here. We are so excited that you joined us uh, on this Sunday. It's the, su- it's the last Sunday before uh, 2021. Who's excited to say goodbye to 2020? Um, man, uh, what a crazy year this has been. I feel like for so long right now, I have been waiting for 2020 to be over. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting for this year to come to an end for a long time. Now, don't get me wrong. I learned a ton this year. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, there was many, many things that I've grown in this year um, because if you're not if you're not growing through adversity, um, you know what are what are you doing? What, aren't, aren't you taking these lessons that God is is showing us and teaching us and applying it to your life? And, and so, 2020, on, honestly, I, I have gained, gained and learned and you know. Um, survived through a lot and we have as a church, you know, and, and, uh, but I feel like I've just been waiting and waiting for this year to be over. And, and I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Uh, but I, I bet you have waited and waited for something, waited in anticipation for something, whether it's an Amazon uh, package or, or uh, you know, a baby to be born or uh, for the day that you get to throw the car seat uh, away and you don't have to deal with the car seat in the car anymore, right? That was a good day for me, right? Or, or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's the day that you finished college, you felt like this day might never come and you uh, finally graduated and uh, you know maybe it's the day where you got that raise at work or or maybe you're still in the waiting game for that raise at work um, or the promotion you know I can guarantee that somewhere in your life you have been in a position where you were anticipating a moment right I guarantee there has been a moment where you were waiting. There was, you were anticipating a moment. You were anticipating this moment to arrive. And, and when I think about anticipation and the, and the narrative of Jesus's birth in Luke 2, it reminds me of this guy named Simeon. Simeon is an often overlooked part of the Bible story because it didn't happen. Uh, he doesn't come into play the day that Jesus is born, like the shepherds, um, you know, or the angels in, in Luke 2. Uh, Simeon is still in Luke 2, but he's, uh, it, we encounter him eight days after Jesus's birth. Uh, we learn a lot about Simeon in Luke 2 in a very short time. And, and outside of Luke 2, we really don't know much about this this guy, Simeon, but, but one of the things that characterizes Simeon is, is his waiting and anticipation for the reconciliation of Israel, meaning he was waiting for the Messiah. He was
was waiting for the Savior to come that would bring peace to Israel. And so I want to I dive into this story. Um, and it's in Luke 2, beginning at verse 25 uh, through 35. Um, this is where we encounter Simeon. Um, and so Simeon has been this guy who's waiting and anticipating for the day that the Savior would arrive. And, and he, eight days after Jesus' birth, he's about to meet this little baby that's going to change everything, right? And so Luke 2, beginning at 25, I'm reading from the ESV translation. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Oh man, I love, I love the story of Simeon. And that's what we know about Simeon. We right off the bat, the Bible tells us that he's in Jerusalem He's a righteous and devout man of God. Um, and he has been waiting and anticipating the day that God would send uh, his Christ, the Savior. And, and, and another incredible thing that the Bible tells us is that the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And, and and so by the spirit, he wanders into the temple and he finds Mary and Joseph there presenting Jesus and he picks up Jesus with joy in his heart because he recognizes Jesus immediately as the Messiah. 
The Holy Spirit had told Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. And so what does he say? Lord, you can now send your servant home in peace for my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. The Lord is here, right? And so Simeon, full of joy, begins to praise and bless God as he holds Jesus because he says, this, this Messiah, this baby I'm holding right here in my hands will be a light. He will be a light for all people, right? He will be a light for all people. He will be a revelation to the Gentiles. And get this, the Gentiles are everyone who's not Jewish. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. So this baby, this savior was gonna be a revelation for all people, all people, right? A light of the world, God's Christ, God's Messiah, God's Savior. And he's, not only is he going to be a light to all people, a light of revelation to all people, but this, this grace, this Messiah, this Savior, the one who came to save will save at a great cost. In fact, he tells Mary, this is gonna be like a sword that will pierce through your own soul. But it's so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. This savior will be for all people. A revelation of light to the Gentiles. Now, Simeon is a guy that I would like to know. I would love to spend some time with Simeon. Maybe in heaven I'll get that opportunity. But here he is waiting for this moment, fully anticipating the Savior. He encounters a baby not a king on a steed or a uh, warrior, but a baby, but a baby. And he says, Father, you can send your servant home in peace because I have seen your Christ, your Savior, and he will be a light of revelation to the Gentiles and all people. Now, what does that mean? Who, Simeon says, Jesus will be a light of revelation to the Gentiles. What does that mean? Who did Jesus actually come for? Who did Jesus actually come to save. He's the savior, right? He's the savior. Who did he come to save? Simeon says something very interesting about that. He says in 29, 
through 31, he says this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. What does that mean, prepared? What does that mean, prepared? That you have prepared in the presence of all people. If Jesus is coming to save all people, not just, not, not just the, the ones who look extra spiritual, not just the ones who give a lot of money, not just the ones who um, you know, can build the gym at the church, you know, have the money to do that, not just the ones who have influence in the community, but if Jesus came to save all people and God has been preparing the way he's been preparing the birth of, for the birth of Jesus in the presence of all people, and Jesus came to save all people. What does all people look like? Because sometimes Christians, I believe, can separate themselves into categories that God never intended. We can think about all people and we think about our neighbors, but we don't think about the people sleeping on the streets. Jesus came to save all people. Did he, came, did he come to serve and save our, uh, the people who are drinking their savings account away? Did he come to save the, the youth um, in, in juvie who have done un, unimaginable things? Did he come to save the dad who's holding a secret that will be revealed, but it hasn't been yet, and he's living a lie right now, but the lie will be revealed. Did Jesus come to save all people, and how has God been preparing us for that throughout the Bible? Well, you only need to look at Jesus's lineage, the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1 to find out what God means by all people, what God means by all people. If you look at the genealogy of Jesus, Matthew 1, 1 through 17, it takes you through a whole long list of names. And at Christmas time, these are the passages that we usually skip over to get to the, the shepherds and the manger and the angels, right? And the wise men, right? These are, these are the names that we skip past. Like we go past these names to get to the story of Jesus, but the story of Jesus has been written through all of these names. The story of Jesus, the, the story of Jesus, this is the lead up of the story of Jesus, the genealogy. This is what 
all people look like. I'm not going to go through name for name the genealogy of Jesus. I, I'm not even going to read it. You can go and read it yourself. But, but just to toss out a few names, right? Abraham, right? We, we, when we think of the lineage of Jesus, what, what names jump to mind? And we think of Abraham for sure. We think of, you know, King David who wrote all the Psalms. We think of Solomon, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We forget that Abraham was infinitely blessed by God, but he was also a man who pretended uh, like his wife was his sister and offered her to another man for sex because he was afraid. That was Abraham, right? Isaac was, was a, he, Isaac deeply favored one of his sons over another, right? And, and, and Jacob, Isaac's son who was not favored, uh, tricked his dad on his, his blind dad on his deathbed and stole his brother's inheritance. These are just some names from the genealogy of Jesus. Ruth wasn't even an Israelite. She was a Gentile. And here she is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. Rahab was a Gentile and a prostitute. And King David is marked uh, after King David's name in Matthew 1, 1 through 17. King David's name after it, it says Uriah's wife, which is very strange. Uriah's wife was Bathsheba right? The, the woman he had an affair with and then killed her husband, like sent her husband to the front of war, uh, you know, of the battlefield, you know, and, and, and God redeemed all of these people and used them for great purposes, but this is the picture of all people, right? Not just the good, but the bad. We all started someplace in need of a savior. And if you've accepted Jesus, you can be redeemed. Just like all these people, God made Abraham's descendants as the stars in the sky right? He blessed Abraham, right? Jacob wrestled with God and, and won. He, he didn't win. He walked away with a limp, right? But he walked away, which is winning in my book. Like if you wrestle with God and you walk away with just a limp, you're good, right? Ruth, Rahab, all redeemed, right? King David and Bathsheba were forgiven and they eventually gave birth to Solomon, right? And then at the end of this passage, you have Mary's name. You have Mary's name, who's the picture of servanthood and suffering and submission and salvation, right? But to send the Savior 
it was going to be, she was going to have to go through something so painful that it would be like a sword pierced her own soul. But it was so that all may know Jesus as Savior. This is what all people looks like. For my eyes have seen your salvation, says Simeon, that you have prepared in the presence of all people. From the fall, God has been at work preparing this moment where his presence will be revealed to all people through the savior of Jesus, right? And, and so now that we have a better picture of what all people look like, in Acts, the last thing Jesus says to his disciples before he goes up to heaven, Acts 1, 6 through 8 says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus that little baby Simeon took up, on, took up in his arms, so overjoyed, came to be the savior for people to the ends of the earth, both far and near, both Redlands and Europe and Spain, Barcelona, both Ukaipa and Uganda, Right, But I see a lot of people right now asking the Lord, when will you restore your church? When will you restore your church from this mess, this pandemic that is COVID? When will you restore your church? And I believe a lot of people are asking about the church building, gathering inside the church building when they are asking the Lord that question. And I believe that God is saying, it's not for you to know because the building isn't the church. You are. You are the church. And Jesus said, you make disciples and I will build my church. 
I will build my church. You make disciples, which means that we have got to get serious about making disciples of all people. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This would be like saying Redlands and San Bernardino and LA and to the ends of the earth, further and further away from home. Guys, we don't have to wait for the Savior to come like Simeon did because he came. He lived a perfect, sinless life and died a sinner's death that was unwarranted. He was raised again. And, and when he was, he met with his disciples and he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now we can't go try to make disciples of all people in our own power. If we do, we fail. We have to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 2020 is a year for the mission to begin serious disciple making of all people as Jesus intended. The light of revelation to all people. I hope you'll join me on this journey in the new year with the mission we love you, and I, this is a challenge for you to evaluate, is church about a building? Is church even my job? Or is my job disciple making, and it's God's job to build the church? That's my challenge to you. I would ask you to spend some time this week meditating and praying about that question. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this word. Um, Lord, I pray, God, that anything that I've said that's of me and my own personal opinions or anything like that, Lord, that's not of you would fall flat right now. It would just fall off um, and not stick. But Lord, if there is a challenge in there that is from you, if there is a word for someone at home right now in their living room, in their kitchen, on their phone, on their tablet, on their TV, Lord, if there is a word in there for somebody, I pray, Lord, that it would just begin to sink deep like a seed into good soil and take root, Father. I pray that this vision of discipleship making that you cast so long ago, that God prepared the way before you even came to the earth, Lord, would, would become our reality here at the mission. 
that we would begin to live out God's radical love in a way that we haven't seen before and not just live it out, but educate and disciple others in it. Father, we love you. You're so good to us. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.